Good morning. Good morning. It's so good to be with you in this way this morning on this Boxing Day, the day after Christmas. The day you fight with the family. That's not what it is. Boxing Day. Boxing Day. No, it's Boxing Day. It comes from this thing, I don't know, in the olden days. They would put all their stuff together and box it up and all of the blessings that they had and people would give to the poor. Oh, that's yeah, much so more delightful than fighting right. with the family. Right. Fighting well, over toys or something like that. In America, we just call it Shopping Day. Uh, yeah. Are people really shopping today? Yeah, that's true. Today, it's, since it's on a Sunday, maybe not. Mm -hmm. Well, we are doing this at home, from our home to your home, because we wanted to do something special for all of our amazing volunteers. So many people who make Generations Church possible. Mm -hmm. They do so much stuff, and they have made this year such a wonderful year for our church and for our community. We wanted to give the day to them, to let them be with their families. So we hope everyone's at home, literally in pajamas, <laughs> drinking their favorite hot beverage. Mm -hmm. We want to take a few minutes today uh, and just share with you about the subject of peace. Mm -hmm. You know, peace is one of those themes that you hear a lot about in Christmas, but uh, I don't know, it seems like this year, if you're like me, just the circumstances all around us are such that more than ever, just there's things out there that can make you feel anxious and angry and all the, all those different things, anything but peaceful. And sometimes the things that make us uh, have separate us from that sense of peace most are the things happening inside us. Mm. You know, those, those little secret fears that we might have. A lot of people struggle with shame and guilt from their past or something like that. There's, there's those things, those, Frustrating habits, you know, as we get closer to, to the new year, we start to think about, oh, maybe next year it'll be different. I'll mm -hmm. do this thing different. But we have those frustrating habits that we, and then we tell ourselves those lies of how we're just going to be the same disappointment we were this year. It's, nothing will be the same. And I'm just hoping that this morning that we can help crack a hole in those lies today. All right. Let some sun shine through. All right. So we want to just share with you an, uh, 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 an encouraging word today. Um, you know, in the New Testament, the apostles are always writing letters. They're always writing letters to the new churches that are springing up all over the Roman Empire, the brand new Christians that are just being birthed, and it's a beautiful thing. And in every one of those letters that I find, there's this phrase that they use to describe the brand new Christians. You know what that phrase is? You know what that phrase is? Hmm. I'll tell you. Uh, I have a friend, feeling it's going to be Greek. Oh, there might, there might be a Greek word we throw in there I feeling we're going to learn a new yeah. word, friends. Yeah, yeah. Well, for instance, over in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, uh, in verse 3, Paul's reporting uh, about this group of Macedonian Christians who were just amazing. And they were so generous to give this offering to some Jerusalem Christians who were being persecuted there. And he calls these Christians the Lord's people. Mm. Now, some of your translations, if you're reading that, you might say uh, translated as saints or holy ones. The word there, the Greek word, is this Greek word hagioi. Hagioi. It's kind of fun to say. It literally means the holy ones or the people who are set apart. They're pure. And it comes from the root word that means different. They're just different. There's something different about them. Now, notice he doesn't say uh, to the, the sinners saved by grace or the sinners in Corinth or the sinners here. It's holy ones. He says in other places, too, over in Acts chapter 9, it says, As Peter traveled about the country, he went to visit the Hagioi, holy ones, who lived in Lydda. 2 Corinthians 13 says, All the Hagioi here send their greetings. So apparently we've got the people in Jerusalem, Lydda, Macedonia, the saints. Ephesians 1, how does he start that whole letter out? He says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God to God's 
Hagioi in Ephesus. How's he start out Philippians? To God's Hagioi in Christ at Philippi. Colossians, who would have guessed it? He says to God's Hagioi in Colossa, the faithful brothers and sisters. So who were these holy ones? Who were the saints? Apparently, all the Christians, everybody, everywhere, all the Christians are these Hagioi. You know, for Paul, there's this new reality that you and I, we step into when we accept Christ and we put our faith in him. And that reality becomes true about you. You open yourself up to trust in Jesus. And this is like the new you. In 1 Corinthians 1, uh, verse 1, he says, To the church of God in Corinth, those sanctified in Christ Jesus. Sanctified, that, that word means um, cleansed or set apart. You've been like power washed on the inside. And called to be his hagioi. Mm. Second, uh, in that same uh, letter in chapter 2, it it says, but we have been given a new mind, the mind of Christ. So something's happened to these holy ones. They've been given a new mind. Over in chapter 5, he says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, there's a new creation that has come. The old has gone. The new is here. So it's not like the old and new are overlapping. The old is gone. See, in Christ means you have been made holy. And that's important. We see that phrase, made holy. It's not... You've achieved holiness. Sometimes we think, I've got to I gotta get more holy. Work. you got to work for it. Yeah. As if Jesus didn't do all the work for it. Come on. We've been rebranded. It's like rebranding. Like right. when a company like changes the label or the brand. You've been rebranded and I've been rebranded. And it's because Jesus did the good work. I like that phrase. I like that. Rebranded. That's, that's the new you. See, for Paul, there, Christ has come in and he's made this whole new reality for you. And that's a reality that you enter into. You, you become aware of and it takes over every fiber of your being. Mm -hmm. We could say it this way. That in Christ, we experience a fundamental transformation in our identity. In other words... You are no longer who you are. You're no longer who you are. You're no longer the person you used to be. Now, yeah, you may slip up. Of course, we all stumble in any number of ways. We're not perfect. Nobody is, right? But notice he doesn't say to the sinners in Corinth, to the sinners in Philippi or Macedonia. No, 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 no. It's saints, saints, saints. Here, there. Every word. That saint. And, you know, in the Bible, saint doesn't mean kind of what we think of sometimes in our popular lexicon, it, it doesn't mean per person, you know, like someone might say, oh, that person, she thinks she's such a saint. Um, that's not the way the scripture writers use it. The word saint is someone who's just been set apart. They have been transformed and they are no longer who they were. And not based on their own achievement. Right. Based on his achievement. Right. That's why we get to be called a saint. Not because you've made all the right decisions. Because you made one decision. And that was to let Jesus in. Who does make all the right decisions. Man, that's so good. That's so good. I, I think um, in our culture. It might be a southern thing. I don't know. Because I've always lived in the south. But we have this common thing that you often hear in church circles. Man, I'm just a sinner. I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. Mm. You know. And it's actually kind of one of those comforting myths that keeps getting repeated in church circles um, because it sounds really humble and it sounds really pious calling yourself a sinner, but it's actually not the way the scripture writers talk about you. It's not how the apostles talk about you or the Bible. Yeah, we sin, but being a sinner is no longer identity. That's no longer who you are. Sinner is no longer who you are. Mm, yeah. And here's why what we're saying is so 
so important. It's so fundamental to how we live and breathe today. I think there was a, it was a Caroline Leaf, just beautiful, just an amazing uh, Christian psychologist, doctor. She said that we live up to our perceptions of ourselves. Yeah, mm. there is a really good example of this in the Walt Disney classic Moana. And the title character Moana, she has gone on this journey across the sea because she knew she had to do something more than just stay on her island. And, and she's failing at this point and everything's gone wrong and she's really doubting what she feels she was called to do. She's doubting who she is. She's defeated. She feels like she's failed. She feels like the world's coming to an end and it's her fault. And she has this moment where she sings this song and she reminds herself who she is. And the words are, I'm a girl who loves my island and the girl who loves the sea, it calls me. I am the daughter of the village chief we are descended from voyagers who found their way across the sea and they call me. And then she keeps singing, I've delivered us to where we are. I have journeyed farther. Mm. I am everything I've learned and more. Mm. That I can, every time she sings that, I just get all, I get all misty eyed because you are a son and daughter mm -hmm. of the king. You have descended from saints who, according to Hebrews, look down on you and root for you. And we can look to them for their faith and we can use their faith to boost and foster our own faith. And you have a calling and I have a calling. And it's not what we were before Christ. It's who Christ has made us to be now, transformed holy ones. That's our identity. So when you feel like a failure, do what Moana did. Remember, no, 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 that's not who I am. I'm a son and daughter of the king. I have been transformed. I have been giving a calling outside of what it feels like I failed at right now. And I will achieve it because I have the spirit of God inside me. That's so good. Uh, you know, we all have these little voices that play in our head and they tell us who we are and we live up to those voices. And so if you have, you know, if you believe those voices that are telling you that you're worthless, that'll actually affect how you engage with other people, your relationships with other people, You'll that, that'll affect that. But if you believe that you've been changed into something different, that you've been made holy, mm -hmm. set apart, that you're a new creation, that's the, I mean, that's the words that Jesus used. He said new creation. That will affect what you do, how you talk to people. It will even affect what you believe yourself capable of, just like Moana, right? That's so true. Paul reminds us that you are no longer that, you are now this. You're no longer that, you're now this. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that daily. Hey, I am no longer that. I am now this. I've been brought near to God. I've been clothed in Christ. Right. I have the mind of Christ. And so this fresh, this is a fresh word of the kingdom right here, just to encourage you that you are a child of God. You're not a child of this world anymore. You're not just a sinner saved by grace, right? You're not the sum total of your past. You are actually a person who is defined by your future. It's the future that God has already spoken to you. What God has said about you, that is who you really are. You're no longer defined by the past. You're defined by your future. And you can mm -hmm. step into that now. You don't have to wait for the future. You can step into that future you now. So when Paul says things like, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives within me. He's essentially saying that this gospel is the fundamental awareness that all of your history can be placed exactly where it belongs in the rubbish bin, right? In the rubbish bin of the past.
that's where it belongs. Yeah, I'm gonna stumble sometimes. I might fall, I might screw things up or say things that oh, way I wish I hadn't said it that way or something like that. But that no longer fundamentally defines me. And that's why Paul says one of my very favorite scriptures in Philippians, he says in Philippians 3.16, let us live up to what we've already attained. Wow. We can live up to what we've already attained. He's begging us to see that we can step into our true self mm -hmm. if we're willing to let go of the lie that you still are what you were. You are what you will be. Amen. So what does all this have to do with the Christmas idea of peace? Well, because the, the, this promise uh, of who we really are now means that we no longer have to live in that fear, that anxiety, shame, guilt about what used to be true about us. And it might have been true about you, but you no longer have to live in that anymore. Mm -hmm. We are invited to make peace with who God says you truly are. Making peace with who God says you truly are. That's what it's all about. And Christmas is the story. Think about it. It's the story of a God who gave up his nature and came to become a uh, human. He, he took on human nature, right? Uh, he gets born, he gets clothed in a baby's blanket. Why? So that you could be clothed in his nature. He came to live with us so that we could abide in him, with him, and not just when we die, but starting now, we get to abide in him now. Christ lives with us so that we can live with him and we can live in him, live in Christ. And Sweetie, the, the implications of this for, for our friends and our neighbors and the congregation I know are so much more than just helping people feel good about themselves, right? Because we believe that because of this, a new fresh word has been spoken. And a new fresh word, for instance, over your marriage, your marriage isn't what it, it used to be. It no. doesn't have to be what it used to be. It's something different. It, does, it doesn't have to be defined by its history. It can be pulled into its future, what God says about its future, and that can become a reality today. Your employment failures, the, the, all the things that maybe you've messed up in the past or whatever it is, those addictions that you've struggled with in the past, those wounds that you've suffered, maybe that other people did to you, and they just never seem to heal, right? They always just seem to be fresh. Those things don't have to define you. The angel said, good tidings of great joy to the shepherds. So we, we bring that to you today. Good tidings, great joy. That's the gospel message. That is the truth that God wants to declare about you. You are one of his hagioi. You are one of the holy ones. You are one of his saints, his set apart, his transformed. You are part of a brand new family. Amen. You're loved and accepted just as you are, but God wants to bring you into your future. And that's what he wants to do to you today. I hope that new reality helps bring you peace as we close out this year and come towards a brand new year. That's beautiful. Bob Goff says, you're only a rough draft of who you're becoming. So yeah. every day, let's be a better version of that rough draft until we've attained fully what Christ has done for us. But every day we can get closer mm -hmm. to becoming more like him and closer to him. That's so good. That's so good. Well, let's pray. And uh, let these people get back to their breakfast today. You want to pray something? Lord, we love you. Lord, we're so thankful for all that you've done, for coming, for being born, for showing us how to live, for teaching us your truth, for dying, for resurrecting and saving the world. You saved the world. Thank you 
for your spirit here with us and in us to guide and comfort and lead, to empower us, to do the things, to be the people. You called us a royal priesthood. Let us live up to being your sons and daughters, your priests on this earth, to bring light and redemption, to overcome the darkness that is obviously still here, but you've given us the authority to overcome. And we thank you. It's every day, every day we walk in that more fully in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hey, well, we love you and God loves you. Grace and peace, friends.